This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Hello there, friend, and welcome back to another episode of the Food Factor Podcast. I am so pumped that you are here. We are going to have a fantastic conversation today about fatigue and feeling exhausted. But first, I want to mention an upcoming event that I have that I would love for you to join me at. It is a virtual cooking class for kids. It's coming up on March 17th, so St. Patrick's Day for those who celebrate St. Patrick's Day. It's going to be at 4 p.m. It's all conducted on Zoom. It's going to be a super fun blast. It is, uh, we're going to be making a green muffin recipe that is done in the blender. And I'm gonna be talking about all of the nutrients in the ingredients in those muffins. So it's fun to kind of cook and bake and whatever with your kids, but my goal is to make it educational. So it's something that they are going to remember and find useful and that they can apply it to their lives and hopefully have a little bit of fun while learning about the ingredients in these green muffins. So I'd love for you to join us. I'll I'll be there obviously, and my four kids are gonna be helping out. So it might just be a giant catastrophe, but you never know. If anything, it'll be fun. There'll be a lot of laughing involved. So I will put the link to sign up for that. This event is a pay what you want event. I didn't want to put a a certain price on it because I wanted to make it affordable for anybody and any child who wants to just simply learn more about healthy cooking and healthy baking. I will be going over basic measurements and things like that in the kitchen. So it, uh, I wanted to make it, it, it as affordable as possible for anybody. So I just put a pay what you want event together for that. So I will put the link to register for that. If you cannot make it on the 17th at 4 p.m., I understand people are working and maybe kids have activities after school and what have you. Still register for it, though, because everyone who registers will get a get the recording of it along with the recipe and all the other information that I send out. So it's okay if you can't attend it live. You'll still get the recording. You can watch it with your kids and bake at, on, at your own time. So uh, I'm super pumped for that. I wanted to mention that on this episode so that you could uh, enroll and, and register for that if you wanted to. So let's dive in. And the topic of fighting fatigue came about because I have had numerous people in the last probably month or month and a half, you know, we're coming out of winter. It's March at the time of this recording. So we're coming out of winter and everyone's kind of, or not everyone, but many people are feeling a little blah, feeling a little tired, feeling a little run down, feeling like they are ready for spring and bright sunshine. And a lot of that fatigue is seasonal, but there's a lot that we can do nutritionally and and just lifestyle wise that we can definitely talk about today. So numerous people had come up to me and said, how do I eat to help energize me? What can I eat to give me more energy? And it's a great conversation that I actually had on repeat over and over again. So I'm like, I might as well just record it and tell you what I've been telling them. So that way, if you're feeling tired and you're feeling run down and you're feeling like you need a change or a boost or in some way of of energy, you can go through these steps and kind of see if that helps you. 
I've put together about five. There's a lot, a lot, a lot that goes into energy development and, and fatigue and feeling tired. So I just drew out the top five things that I go over with most people. And just with a caveat that if all of these don't apply to you and you still feel tired, there's it's okay. There's other resources. There's other things that we can talk about. Um, but these are kind of the, the five basic go-to steps or, or, or you know things to look at. So first, I want to throw out the caveat of you want to rule out if you're on a medication. If you're taking a medication that the side effect is fatigue, then of course there are some things that you can still do to help combat that, but it could be a result of medication that you're taking that sometimes people forget, especially if it's a medication that you've been taking for a while, you kind of forget like, oh yeah, it's, it's probably because of that medication. So don't stop your medication, that's not what I'm saying, but definitely have that conversation with your doctor if you feel like that is the cause of your fatigue, and especially if your fatigue is really altering your day-to-day activities in your life and it's causing issues with with how you live your life, then definitely have that conversation with the doctor. Maybe there's alternatives to that medication that you're taking. We always want to get to the source or the root of what is causing your symptom, right? So in this case, fatigue is the symptom. So here are the top five things that you can kind of go through, maybe write them down unless you're driving. If you're driving, don't write them down. Uh, But you can kind of, you know, take note of these and check them off your list and kind of assess and truly, truly take an honest look at how all five of these things might be impacting your life. So thing number one, it's the obvious. Are you getting enough sleep? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you getting enough sleep? What is a good quality sleep? So if you are working third shift or if you are up with a baby or if you have pets that wake you up in the middle of the night multiple times or if you have interrupted sleep, if you're getting up to go to the bathroom, if there are things that are interrupting your sleep and you're not getting good quality of sleep, that's one thing to assess. Also, are you not getting the good quantity of sleep? So quality and quantity are both the things you want to look at when it comes to sleep. Are you physically not getting enough hours of sleep? Is that quantity low for you? And, you know, we've all kind of heard that the seven hours of sleep a night is what's recommended. But honestly, I found that that's a that's a really narrow range when a lot of people need some people need nine hours. Some people need nine and a half. Some people need six. Some people need eight. So you really have to figure out where you feel the best. Personally, I'm like an eight and a half to nine type of gal. So if I don't get, if I only get seven and a half, I can tell a difference. I really can. I can tell a big difference. Whereas, you know, somebody else might get six and just feel wonderful. And that's how they start their day. And that's, that's all they need. So figure that out for you, figure out where you feel the best and then make sure you get it. If that means that you have to set an alarm to wake you up at a certain time, great. Or if you have to wake up to go to work or to drop kids off or whatever, then make sure you're going to bed that allows you to get that that time. I know it sounds so simple, but are you doing it? You'd be surprised how many grown adults do not do this. They don't get enough sleep. And there's always a reason for it. We always find ways to justify it that, oh, well, this is my alone time. This is where after the kids go to bed, this is the only time that I can watch TV by myself or whatever. What's more important? Are you feeling fatigued because you're watching that episode of Friends over and over again? I know that's me. It was. Um, Or is it more important for you to feel 
wonderful and powerful and energetic throughout the day. So you're going to go to bed at 9.30 instead of 11.30. So getting sleep, that's number one. Are you getting good quality sleep? Number two, stress. Is stress causing you to feel tired? When we break down stress from a physiology standpoint, and I know I've gone over this in other podcast episodes before, but your stress response is incredibly exhausting when it is chronic, when it is happening all the time. We have those stress hormones like adrenaline and cortisol, and when those are constantly being flooded, if you are in a high-stress situation, if you have a high-stress job, if you live in a high-stress area, whatever the stressor is, if your body is constantly responding to stress by way of putting those hormones, those stress response hormones, into flooding your bloodstream with those hormones all the time, it's exhausting for your body. It's tiring. And that can be a huge contributor to fatigue. And again, if you just kind of have, if you've always had a high paced lifestyle, or if you've always been in high stress situations or always have a high stress job, you may have adapted to it and mentally you can handle it, quote unquote, handle it, but your body may not be handling it as well as you think, especially if you're feeling fatigued especially if you're feeling like you are constantly getting sick. Those are all signs. If you have chronic headaches, if you have digestive issues, those are all signs that your body is tired and it cannot handle that stress anymore. So whether that stress is mental stress, like if you are a worrier or if you have, again, stressful things going on in your life, you have got to find the ways to manage that stress in a healthy way. So stress could also be the physical stress that you do if you are an over-exerciser or if you are one that is training for a marathon or training for an Ironman or training for a triathlon or whatever. If you are um, over-exercising your body, that is a stressor and that can be very taxing on your body as well and obviously cause some fatigue there. So make sure you're putting in recovery days, make sure you're getting good stretch and make sure you're sleeping back to number one, get good quality sleep so that your body can recover from the stress from exercising. Now tools, as far as stress management goes, this is, you know, tool, when I talk about stress management with people, it, it, it can vary. So a lot of people, have their own ways of stress management. And some people might not have any ways to manage stress. You know, there's a lot of times where I say, how do you manage your stress? People are like, well, I don't know. I just deal with it. That That's not a tool, my friend. <laughs> that's not a tool to manage your stress. That is your adaptation to a stressor. So tools to manage stress would be meditation, journaling, going to therapy, getting massages, going to acupuncture, um, doing some of those self-care type of things, it always gets labeled as self-care when really it's just, it should just be normal day-to-day care. Um, taking a bubble bath, you know, finding the ways to really unwind in a healthy way. Some people like to go for walks. If you go to the ocean, go be, go be in nature, whatever makes you feel better, that would be your tool for stress management. So we don't want to put on like alcohol and we don't want to put, a, you know, sugar and you know we don't want to have unhealthy habits that can easily form into things that are not supportive for our body 
But so find those things that are helpful for you. And, you know, some people like to read. Some people like to watch a funny movie. Some people like to journal. Whatever it is for you, try out a few things and find what really helps fill your cup back up and really implement those regularly. It is not selfish for you to do some stress management techniques. And if that means you have to get up, you know, five minutes early so you can listen to a meditation video or do, do yoga or something like that, make sure you carve out the time to do that. And then back to number one, make sure you go to bed early enough so you can carve out the time to do that first thing in the morning. So stress, that's number two. Number three, causer of fatigue and feeling tired is blood sugar management, blood sugar balancing. So when I talk about blood sugar, a lot of people just assume, oh, that's not for me because I don't have diabetes. No, friend, you have blood and you have glucose, (laughs) you also need to worry about managing your blood glucose or your blood sugar. So what I mean by this is think about a time where you've had a lot of sugar or like a sugary drink or just more sugar than you normally have. How do you feel about an hour and a half later? You feel exhausted. And it's a lot of people blame the sugar as causing the fatigue when really it's your body's response to the sugar that causes the fatigue. It's that natural glucose regulation and insulin releasing roller coaster that happens that is very exhausting on our body. So again, if you can kind of imagine this from a physiology standpoint, when you have something that breaks down into the form of sugar, so whether it's high carbohydrate stuff, maybe it, it is actual sugar that you're having, whether it's a sugary drink, whether it's candy, whether it's baked goods, whatever it is, or a high carbohydrate meal that gets broken down into sugar in our body, whatever it is, when you consume that and it gets broken down in your digestive tract, it is released into your bloodstream in the form of glucose. Little glucose molecules are released into your bloodstream. That is what we call blood sugar. Now, when the body senses that the blood sugar levels have increased, the only way that blood sugar is used in our body is if it gets into the body cells, the cells in our body. So whether it's a heart cell, muscle cell, skin cell, whatever, all cells in our body need glucose for energy development and production. So when the glucose is in our bloodstream, our bodies are super smart. It senses that. And in order for the glucose to actually get into the cell where it can be useful, it needs insulin. And insulin is a hormone that is released from our pancreas when it senses that there's glucose in the blood sh- uh, bloodstream. And insulin is the key to get the glucose into the cell. Without insulin, you would die. So when When you have a high sugar or high carbohydrate meal, the insulin gets flooded into the bloodstream as well. It grabs onto those little glucose molecules and shoves them in the cell. It doesn't really do that, but that's how I picture it. And therefore the glucose level in the bloodstream lowers because now it's not in the blood, it's in the cell. And if that happens really, really quickly, it can cause a lot of fatigue and feelings of being tired and it can cause cravings for more glucose because that insulin is still in the blood. So there's a difference when you have something that is a quick release of glucose versus a long steady release of glucose. This is the difference between when you have 
a balanced meal with, you know, an apple and peanut butter, the protein and the fat and the peanut butter help to slowly release the glucose into the bloodstream versus having, you know, a candy bar that's like an instant, quick, very fast release into the bloodstream. So when the insulin can slowly come into the bloodstream and grab on the glucose, it's less of a roller coaster spike and crash than when you have something that's a quick release. So in order to kind of reduce some of those fatigue and feelings of tiredness throughout the day, pay attention to how balanced your meals and your snacks are throughout the day. Are you going long periods of time without eating? If so, that causes your blood glucose to be really, really low. And then when you do have something to eat, are you having something that's really high carbohydrate that's an instant quick release into the bloodstream? Or are you having something that's more slow released? If it's an instant quick release, you're going to experience that spike of the blood sugar and then crash of the blood sugar when it goes into the cells. And that will cause you to, to crave more sugar and glucose because that blood the, the brain needs a, an energy fix. So pay attention to how often you're eating and what you're eating. So if you're able to balance your blood sugar a little bit better by having slower released foods and balancing your your snacks and your meals, you will notice that your energy levels will stabilize throughout the day. If you are confused by this or if you need support with this, reach out, I'm happy to help. So thing number four that causes fatigue that I see a lot are people who have inflammatory foods in their diet. So obviously diet is a huge thing that you want to talk about when you're when you're looking at your fatigue and trying to find ways to increase your energy. Are you having a lot of inflammatory foods? Inflammatory things would be things like sugar that I just talked about, which causes inflammation in the body. It would be things like artificial ingredients, artificial sweeteners, artificial chemicals, preservatives, food dyes, food colorings, Um, Are you eating foods that you're sensitive to? So people who are sensitive to dairy, or if you have a gluten intolerance, or if you're sensitive to egg or or other things, or if there's pesticides on your food. So some foods you want to definitely eat organic and other foods you don't need to eat organic. Are you reacting to some of those things? It is very inflammatory to your body to have artificial ingredients and sugars and colors and dyes. When you are inflamed, your body is having an immune response. When you are constantly inflamed and your body is constantly having an immune response, it's exhausting. It's exhausting and taxing. It's using up your body's resources. It's tiring for your body to constantly be doing that. Think about when you have a cold or you have a flu or you're sick and you know that you're sick. You're exhausted, right? Your body's fighting it. So that's your immune response to that virus or to that bacteria. Think about what you would feel like if you're constantly eating, you eat multiple times a day. If you're constantly eating inflammatory foods and your body is having a similar response to that, of course, you're going to be exhausted. Another thing that is inflammatory that is also uh, exhausting on your body is alcohol. So not only does alcohol cause some people to have a poor night's sleep, but the process to break down the alcohol within your body is also taxing. In order for your body to break down alcohol, it needs something called alcohol dehydrogenase. This is something that our body produces. And in order for alcohol dehydrogenase to be produced, it needs zinc. It needs zinc and also vitamin B3 or the active form of of B3, which is uh, NAD. But if if you are eating a diet that is not 
adequately supplying your body with those building blocks of zinc and vitamin B3, you may not be producing enough alcohol dehydrogenase, which may cause your body to feel exhausted, especially around alcohol. Also, a way to look at this is high alcohol intake depletes your body of zinc and B3 because it's it has to form alcohol dehydrogenase. So all of those all the zinc molecules and B3 molecules that were maybe at one point stored in your body have been used to make this alcohol dehydrogenase to get rid of the alcohol. So it's using up its supply. And if you're not providing your body with more zinc, it will produce enough and you can really feel the effects of the alcohol and it can be really really exhausting. So that kind of leads into the fifth cause of fatigue, which is nutrient deficiencies. So are you getting enough of the nutrients your body needs to actually create energy within the cells and within your body? Now, when back to the alcohol dehydrogenase, obviously I mentioned zinc and I mentioned uh, vitamin B3. So zinc is found in a lot of things like meats. It's also um, found in oysters, whole grains. Um, the green leafies like spinach and kale are really high, are good sources of zinc. Broccolis, mushrooms, garlic, those types of things. Um, B3 is very similar as well. It's mushrooms, brown rice, avocados, green peas, peanuts, that type of thing. So are you getting enough of those healthy whole foods in your diet? Those are just two nutrients that I talked about. But Look at the way that you're eating right now. Has anything changed? Especially if your fatigue kind of came on out of nowhere or if you feel like it's been slowly building over the last couple of weeks or so. Have you changed anything with how you've been eating? You know, I saw this when I, I'm I'm constantly experimenting with my own diet, um, but I decided to to see how going uh, low carb would feel. Turns out my body hates that. (laughs) I cannot go low carb. Because when I went low carb quickly, like I basically was like, okay, today I'm just going to be low carb. I was exhausted. I was grumpy. I was exhausted. It was not a good transition. I'm back to eating just my normal amount of carbs, by the way. It was exhausting. So have you changed anything? Have you started a diet that is too low of carbs for you? Have you, have, did you maybe go from, you know, a certain amount of carbs down to way too low for you too quickly? Maybe your body didn't get a chance to adjust. So that can be exhausting because carbohydrates, proteins, and fats are fuel sources. They are energy sources. So when you modify those amounts, you can experience a little bit of fatigue as your body is adjusting to that. So getting enough of the nutrients in general is also something that can contribute or actually not getting enough of of nutrients in general can contribute to fatigue. So we obviously just talked about the macros like proteins and fats and carbs, But also the micronutrients are essential for providing enzymes and cofactors and things like that that helps break down the macros and use the nutrients. So if you're not getting enough of the micronutrients, which is everything else, like vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, all of those other nutrients that your body needs, you need those to help you utilize and break down the macronutrients. So if you're not getting enough of those in certain forms, then you're probably not breaking down the nutrients properly so that your body can actually use it for energy. So that's always something to think about. And a question I get a lot, and maybe you're thinking it too, is should I just take a multivitamin then? Well, I don't know that for you without talking to you, but I always try to encourage people to get whole foods first and get the basics of your nutrition first. And then if you need to supplement 
at some points, you can always do that. But it's not going to do your body any good if you're having fried foods for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then popping a multivitamin. You're missing the boat on that if, if that's kind of the plan. So you want to make sure that you're getting as many whole food nutrients as possible. And then if you're still feeling like you need supplementation, that is the, the way to go and, and supplement as needed. If you feel like you need to take a supplement, find the, the highest quality supplement you possibly can. If you need help or suggestions on this, please reach out to me. I can give you some brands that are reputable and that have the good quality active forms of the supplement or the nutrients in the supplements. Because if you're just going to take, you know, a, one that you get at a pharmacy or something like that, it may not have the active forms that are actually absorbed in your body. So you don't want to take a junkie supplement. If you're going to invest in a supplement, you want to make sure that it's going to be one that your body can actually use. But my choice is always getting a good baseline established of healthy, nutrient-dense foods first. And then if you need to supplement, you can find a good quality supplement to add in. So those are the five things. Again, just to recap... Number one was getting a good night's sleep. Are you getting a good night's sleep? Good quality, good quantity of sleep. If not, I would definitely start there if you're feeling fatigued. Start there. Number two would be stress. Are there factors in your life? Are you managing stress? Do you have the tools that you need to help manage your stress and bring it down to a level where you're not constantly flooding your body with stress hormones and you are able to uh, allow your body to heal and recover from stressful events. Number three would be blood sugar balancing. Are you going long periods of time during the day without eating? If you are, you will find that when you can kind of balance that out a little bit, you will have a little bit more energy. Also, when you are eating, are you eating balanced? Are you getting proteins? Are you getting veggies and, and fruits at each meal? Are you getting uh, good quality carbohydrates and healthy fats at each meal to help balance it out and utilize all those nutrients? So you need to make sure that each meal is balanced, but also are you eating enough throughout the day to provide you with the energy that you need? Number four is inflammatory foods. Are you eating too many foods that are inflaming your body? Remember, when your body is inflamed, it is taxing, it's, it's exhausting. So are you eating too many foods that are inflammatory? And is it time to find some anti-inflammatory foods that can help your body be provided with the nutrients that it needs to reduce inflammation and give you more energy? And then number five is nutrient deficiencies. Are you deficient in key nutrients that help your body process and utilize foods as energy? These would be the things that you would want to pay attention to if you are feeling like you are run down, if you're feeling tired all the time. And if you have moments in the day where you're where you're tired, like a lot of people will get to two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock, whatever, and just start to feel really exhausted. Pay attention again to all of these things, but is there something in your day that you can shift around or move move around? Can you get a snack that provides like good quality nutrients, like an energizing smoothie or something like that at uh, lunchtime or, you know, play around with how you are eating and what you're eating and see if that has an impact on your, uh, you know, afternoon slump, if that's what you have. So obviously there's lots more that we could talk about. We didn't touch on caffeine. We didn't touch on melatonin. We didn't touch on any of that stuff. Um, and maybe I'll do a part two if, if this episode, if you need more um, to go off of from this episode. But try these things out. That is your homework for the week is go through these five things and really honestly take a good hard look at what you're doing. And if you need help, if you feel like there are some blind spots in your routine or in your day, 
reach out to me. Reach out and we can figure out what are your blind spots. Are one of these categories more important for you than others? What is the plan once you figure that out? And let's get you feeling energized and get you feeling better because we need you in this world at your peak and at your healthiest and at your happiest so that you can do great things. All right, that is all. And again, if you want to join me and my kiddos for that virtual cooking class on March 17th, I would love, love, love for you to join us. The link will be in the show notes. You can also find it on my website at foodfactornutrition.com. I think it's under the group programs. Um, but and, and again, if you can't make that and you just want the replay, still register for it. You'll be sent the replay when you register. So I hope this was helpful for you. I hope you find some things that you can uh, implement into your life. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Food Factor Podcast. It is my personal mission to help people make the best food choices that they can for their particular situation. So if you found this episode helpful, I would be so grateful if you would share it with a friend or a family member or somebody who needs to hear this information and also leave me a review. Those are the things that help get this podcast seen and heard by more people who could use the help as well. I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening.